Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Evan Brown. He's a creative director, copywriter, and author. Evan, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So Evan has one of the most unique profile photos on LinkedIn, as well as a unique profile photo where his, his profile picture, you don't know what the guy looks like. He just literally is looking down. I think his, his shirt says misfit, perhaps, and he's covering his face. And when I asked, hey, Evan, why did you decide to create a profile photo like that? And your response was? Well, my response was I wanted to do something different from everybody else because we all kind of behave and act the same way on social media and to a certain extent, although lesser in real life. And it gets really boring. And if you want to stand out, you want to grab somebody's attention, you have to do something different. It doesn't have to be a gimmick, but it should be something memorable. And since that was the first thing that you mentioned when we hopped on the Zoom here, then I would say it's a success. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to talk to this guy because he's not showing his face. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Yeah, it's funny to talk about different because I, I noticed uh, how many people even know Shiat Day that's not in your industry? I know it because I talk about a, a guy named Steve Jobs, but how many people know the backstory about Steve Jobs and the Think Different campaign? Because it's been over 20 years. I think probably if you're in the business industry you have a better grasp of it than if you're outside the industry but it's a really interesting thing about advertising in the sense is that even though we are the creators and we work with amazing people like steve jobs and and, and clients to come up with this great work we are essentially this non-entity in a weird way we're the vessel for the creativity so our legacy uh is less about uh, the name on the building, so to speak, and more about the work that we put out in the universe, which is why people are still talking about Think Different in 1984, decades later. Yeah, and I thought it was in the 1990s, no? 19, the Think Different campaign? Well, Think Different was in the 90s, but the 1984 campaign was in 1984. I mean, that was the... Oh, so Shia Day also worked on that as well? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you guys are almost like the CIA of, of uh, uh, creativity in a sense. Like CIA obviously serves the country, but no one knows who they are, but they, yeah. everyone knows they do work. In your case, again, it, your skill set is so powerful. And, and just as a side note, I used to work for Marketing Express. And I thought, ooh, if I work for the marketing department, I'll get, cool two, I'll, get to, I'll get to do cool creative things. And I realized, no, the marketing department at Marketing Express hires people like you the creative stuff and then we as the marketing department really just kind of oversee things we might add our input but really i didn't realize that that you guys are the, the agency part are the people that actually do the creative work so so just to kind of finish off with that point about steve jobs and shy day so steve jobs many of us know him obviously and for apple but most people don't know that the whole victim campaign in the 1990s late 90s when steve jobs came back in apple was close to bankruptcy and then he hired shy day which which Evan has worked at and hired a guy named Lee Clow and who created this whole thing different campaign, which literally arguably shifted the entire focus and made Apple to what it is now relative to the foundation. Cause again, without this amazing campaign, you would not have Apple potentially arguably. So Evan, since you work with Lee Clow, who worked with uh, Steve Jobs, I mean, I'm curious, what are some things, cause everyone on this show, they're entrepreneurs, executives and, and the speaker, author coaches about 90, 
90% of them. What do you think are some things that Lee taught you that you feel you can teach us? Well, I think there's a few things. I mean, you have to have an empathy. I know that sounds kind of strange, but empathy is really at the heart of what we do. It's coming up with ideas and it's problem solving, but you are, you're not solving in a vacuum. You have to think of your audience. You have to think of um, the client's needs as well. And I think because of that, you, you have to have a greater understanding of the people around you in the universe in a way. And so it has to serve a purpose other than just talking about awareness, which is what a lot of brands do today. It's not as effective in my opinion, unless you're solving a real problem. It also has to be entertaining and informative. And because I mean, we were talking about this earlier, I mean, this goes right into public speaking too, is the average attention span has shrunk to about seven seconds, no joke. I mean, we're talking less than TikTok sometimes. <laughs> so you really need to be able to grab somebody's attention from the get-go. And there's this art and a finesse to it that you just have to be able to present. It's not about reading off a piece of paper. And that was the thing is I worked with Lee briefly on Adidas and to watch him, he was just speaking from the heart, you know, or he at least made it look as if he was speaking of the heart. There was all of this prep work that went into it to making it feel natural, I'm sure. You have a muscle memory after so many years, but you're still going to make sure that you get it right. So with him, I think it was just this natural ability to project and to present. And because of that, he captured everyone's attention in the room. And that was an invaluable experience, just kind of being a fly on the wall to witness that. Yeah, and you have a very, very, very thorough career, whether with Shai Day, Sachi and Chashi, 72 and, and Sunny, and, and now you, you, you are working at um, Brown and, and Red. Um, tell us, what do you feel that, that, that um, Many of your clients, when they come into your office, and if you can just give a case that you don't even need to use names, but you talk about empathy and emotion and, and feeling what other people are feeling, because then the day it's a product, right? You're selling a product to someone that wants to buy a product, and oftentimes you probably don't need it unless it's you're selling a your, your clothing, a house, or or or, um, or food. So they don't necessarily need it, but they want it. So for you, can you walk us through a an example of a client you work with? Again, you don't need to name names, but just walk us through this empathy process or, or this methodology, if you will, in terms of understanding how you go about helping your clients offer their products or services. Absolutely. Uh, I think it goes back to purpose. I mean, uh, one of our favorite clients is, uh, it's, it's actually somebody who is the relative of a famous musician who unfortunately passed away from opioid addiction and she's been wanting to do something to give back to the community and to rectify that for a long time in the form of creating a, a, a rehab facility that musicians can use regardless of their uh, economic standpoint. And so for us, this is even more true than what you're talking about is, yeah, you may need food and you may need uh, close, but when it comes to charitable donations, we're in competition with every other charity out there that you could be uh, capturing attention and trying to raise money for. So for us, it's finding a way that's um, creative to reach somebody, but to really do it in an honest way so it doesn't feel like, yeah, I mean, everybody knows those types of infomercials that they see on TV at eight o'clock at night with the sad piano and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent that can work, 
but it wouldn't necessarily work for this audience and it wouldn't necessarily work for somebody who, especially now with 40 million Americans kind of out of work because of the pandemic, you're, you have to find these ways to get them to reach in their wallets and give what little they have in a way that's gonna not just feel palatable to them, but also make them feel like they're really doing uh, good and, and, and doing a service to the community. And so I think for us, that was the big challenge, but it's really funny. It's whether I'm selling Adidas or Apple or when I was working at Facebook or any of those kind of services or platforms, it doesn't matter what it is. It's always starting the same way, which is what is its purpose? What problem are we trying to solve? And then what is the best way to reach somebody? Sometimes it's humor. Sometimes it's, it's pulling their heartstrings. Sometimes it's something completely different. So you have to have this kind of core uh, strength or strengths that I find even when it comes to my, um, my, uh, my other career of being an author, it's, yeah, we talk about building a skill set all the time and talent stacking, but there are, are these fundamentals within us that they actually transcend whatever new hustle we're trying to do, right? And, and so there's always trying to build those as well. And I think that's super important. Interesting. Um, talk about the book that you wrote. Well, I have a few out, but the most recent one was called The Joy of Pandemic Cooking. And I wrote that one during uh, month one of our pandemic lockdown. And obviously there's a cheeky title to it and it's a play on the joy of cooking and the humor is, is pretty dark, but it's still humorous. And I think like anything, it's with presenting, it's with coming up with an idea, it has to be timely as much as anything else. I mean, we're seeing that right now currently with our, the state of the country with uh, riots going on and everything else. There are brands that are doing their best to respond with an empathetic way. I think Beats by Dre did a really, really great job of it the other day. What do you uh, do? What did Beats by Dre do? Well, they put out a post on Twitter that explained what their brand history was. I mean, it was started by somebody who's at, at the heart of everything they did was championing for racial justice. And they were really trying to kind of get out of the way and not be self-serving, but remind people of, hey, there's a real person who started this brand and this is what we stand for and this is why we stand in solidarity. So they weren't trying to pander to an audience. They weren't trying to ride some coattail of a cultural moment. They did it in an organic way that was really just simple text-based, black and white, and effective. Uh, and I really like that. Nice. So with Joy Pandemic Cooking, it's kind of the same deal. I said, okay, there's a lot of people who are out of work right now, and they're also kind of stuck, and they can't leave their house. And eventually, they're not going to have enough discretionary spending for your DoorDash and, and your caviar and everything else. So what do you do for a segment of the population that's not used to cooking for themselves, well, you teach them and you teach them right away and you teach them super basic things in a fun and entertaining way so that people don't necessarily feel like, oh, this is gonna be a huge hurdle to climb. It's like, no, I'll show you how to um, store food in your freezer so that you can get the most out of it if the power goes out. Or I will show you how to take whatever basic ingredients you can find at the grocery store right now and, and make something great and nutritious out of it. So I think for me, it was finding the right opportunity, figuring out who the audience was, and again, solving a problem, which was you have a huge 
population of housebound people who may not know how to cook. So that's what I talk about when it's when it comes to presenting or when it comes to advertising is those those skills transcend themselves into other aspects of your life. And those are the ones that are really crucial to have. Very cool, Evan. I really appreciate it. How can our guests stay in touch with you and, and buy your books and read them? Well, uh, the books are available on Amazon and iBook as well. Uh, so that's the first. If they want to follow me, Evan Brown author on Twitter is probably the best place to reach out. And you will see the same hidden face with the same misfit. <laughs> because I guess it's part of my personal brand now, unless I come up with something else. But it's, it's already out there, which is good. But yeah, that's the best way. Great. Evan, thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.